0: Have you ever wrestled with God? I don't mean literally going to the mat like Jacob did today, but struggled with some idea or attitude or emotion or decision or need. Now, it might have been something that you felt like God wanted you to do and you didn't want to do it, like forgive someone who hurt you or someone you love or serve somebody who doesn't deserve it or change jobs, or change some habit in your life. It may have been something that you felt like God wanted you to stop, and you're not ready to give it up yet. It might be an attitude, or an addiction, or an unhealthy relationship, or a habit, or a job, or something like that. It may be a decision that you're facing, that you're not sure what to do, like who to vote for, and you may not like any of the choices, but What am I going to do about this? It might be something that's happened in your life or around you or in the whole world that causes you to question this whole God thing. Like, if God is good, why is there so much evil in the world? Or how is it that people who call themselves Christians can act like that sometimes? Or perhaps it's something that you felt like God has done or left undone in your own life and He's fallen short. And you've worked and you've prayed and you've done your part and nothing happened. That sick friend died or that person who pushes you around still is or your marriage still fell apart or something's not getting any better. And as you deal with this idea or this issue or this attitude or this decision and you're trying to grapple with it, you just can't get it pinned down in your mind and and at some point you realize that you're wrestling not with that attitude or that, that emotion or that decision or that need. You're wrestling with God. And like James, it takes you a while to figure out who that is on the other side of the mat. Now, an interesting and surprising part of, of wrestling with God is that we don't always lose. Now, if any of us were to step into the ring with one of those overgrown wrestlers on TV, no matter how many chairs we threw out him or who our tag team partner is, they would still chuck us out of the, the ring. But when we wrestle with God, God does not come to us as the Lord God Almighty. He comes to us as a loving father, does with his children. Now, when my kids were little... We used to wrestle on mom and dad's bed because it was big enough to crawl around on and soft enough to bounce on, and it gave us some weapons and the pillows, and it provided this, this great boundary to the battlefield because the winner was whoever could push the other one off the bed first. Now, back then, I was bigger and stronger than my kids, like God is with us. They're bigger than I am now, but they never knew that it wasn't a fair fight because I would adjust my strength and my speed and my tactics and my strategy to match theirs so that everybody had fun, everybody got a great workout, my kids learned something through the process, and God blessed us all through that. And they didn't figure out until much, much later, until they decided it wasn't cool to rest dad on the bed anymore, they didn't figure out that I was going easy on them. That's what God did with Jacob. And that's what God does with us when we wrestle with Him. Now, we've been following Jacob for the last several weeks, and today we join him as he's on his way home after 20 years of being away from his his parents. Now, when he left, he was alone and had nothing. He's coming back now with four wives, 11 sons, a daughter, and huge herds and flocks of sheep and goats and donkeys and camels. It's quite the parade. And Jacob's going home because he's been living into his name again. Remember, Jacob is Hebrew for dirty, sneaky thief, and that's who he is, that he cheated his brother out of his birthright for a a bowl of stew, and then he tricked his dad Isaac into giving him his big brother's blessing so that his big brother Esau, the big red hairy guy, is so mad he wants to kill Jacob, so Jacob bolts to his uncle Laban's to find a wife but really to get away from Esau. Well, he gets to Laban's house. He falls in love with Laban's younger daughter, Rachel, and agrees to work for Laban for seven years in exchange for marrying Rachel. And then at an, on his wedding night in the dark after the reception, and he's had too much to drink, his uncle Laban slips the wrong sister in, Leah instead of Rachel. And Jacob, in his enthusiasm about his wedding night, doesn't notice until the next morning when he wakes up with the wrong wife you know, it can happen to anybody, right? And good old Uncle Laban says, well, you know, you can have Rachel too for another seven years of service. And this is how it goes for about 20 years as Laban and Jacob jockey to see who can cheat the other one the most. But Jacob's not called dirty, sneaky thief for nothing. And he gets so far of Laban that Laban wants to kill him. And about this time, God tells Jacob to go back home with his entourage, and Jacob's ready to go. So he escapes with his family and his herds and his children and all of that. And he's thinking, well, if God tells me to go back, then surely my big, red, hairy brother Esau has let me off the hook, and he's cooled off. So as he's on the way home, he sends a messenger ahead to say, we're on our way. And the messenger comes back and says, oh, Esau's really excited to see you, and he's coming to meet you with 400 of his big, red, hairy friends. And Jacob has this, oh no kind of moment, as he thinks, ah, what am I going to do? So he splits his whole entourage into two. So if Esau attacks one, maybe the others can get away. And he sends ahead a gift of several hundred sheep and goats and camels and donkeys to try to pacify his brother and slow him down. And that's where we meet Jacob today, as he's camped out on the side of a creek. Trying to figure out what he's going to do. He knows he can't go back to Laban. He burned that bridge. And he's afraid to go ahead to Esau because he's afraid Esau's going to kill him and his whole family. He thought God told him to do this, but now he's not so sure because it's dark and he's scared and he's wrestling with what he thinks is his own fear and his own thoughts when actually he's grappling with God. And as he does, let's pay attention to how, what Jacob does and learn from him how to wrestle with God and win. Now, the first thing that Jacob does is he clears the area. He sends his wives and children and animals across the creek because he doesn't want to deal with all the noise and all of the questions. And he knows that it's going to have, he's going to have a long, dark night of the soul as he tries to figure out what he's going to do about this. Well, as, if we are wrestling with God or with something, we need to do the same thing, to clear the area, to get rid of as many distractions as we can, to turn off the TV and the music, to get put down the computer and the phone, to get as far away from people and noise as we can so that we can concentrate on whatever or whoever it is that we're wrestling. Now, I do that every morning as I go walking for about an hour that I get to wrestle with God about my day, and Lord, what do you want me to do with it, and what's going on, and what do I need to change, and how do I need to act today? Well, Jacob does that, we need to do the same. And as soon as this family gets across the creek and out of sight and out of earshot and Jacob is alone, this stranger shows up and jumps him, and they start wrestling, and they wrestle all night long. And in the morning, as the sun's starting to come up, neither one of them seems to be winning, so the stranger touches Jacob on the hip and wrenches it out of joint, ow, and he says to Jacob, sun's coming up, let me go. And Jacob has this thought, and he remembers a previous night that he spent wrestling all night with someone who the next morning he found out was not who he thought it was, and he's a little more alert this time to, perhaps this is somebody, I need to pay attention to who this is, because by this time he's figured out, this is no ordinary human, this is not some other dirty, sneaky thief coming to steal my stuff, this is God, this is God, God. And Jacob decides he is not going to let go of that. He is not going to stop. You see, when we're wrestling with God, no matter how hard it gets or how long it takes or how much it hurts, don't let go. Don't let go. Now, we have this mistaken notion that Getting an answer to prayer or letting God change something about us or changing the situation or the life or the world around us should be easy and quick because, you know, God's a big guy, that's too hard for Him. How long can it take? Jesus fed 5,000 people in one afternoon, but that's not how the way, that's not the way that it works most of the time. You see, wrestling with God is difficult and sometimes painful and often labor-intensive and takes a while. Jacob had to wrestle all night long before he got his blessing. Job spends 37 chapters arguing before God shows up and straightens him out. It took 21 days for Daniel to receive an answer to his prayer. It took 40 days for Moses to get the Ten Commandments or Elijah quiet enough hear the still, small voice of God, or for Jesus to prepare Himself for ministry. Wrestling with God sometimes takes a long time, but whatever's worth having is worth wrestling for. Well, the guy says to him, sun's coming up, let me go. Jacob says, no, not until you bless me, not until you bless me. I'm going to keep hanging on to you, and let's do that because anything worth having is worth wrestling for. Now, in our parish family, we've been wrestling with this COVID thing for six months now, and I'm tired of it, you're tired of it, and everybody's tired of it, and we've struggled and wrestled with masks and how to do communion and how to get ourselves online and all of that, and it's taken a long time, and it's been labor-intensive, but you know what? Things are turning out. We are in our fourth thousand of individual servings of communion that we're giving away. And every Sunday, we have 100 to 1,000 people watch our English services online. And we have another 400 to 1,000 who watch our French services online. In our nation, we've been struggling with equality and justice, not just for the two months since the Minneapolis police killed the guy or the six months of the COVID thing. We've been struggling with equality and justice for all since the founding of our nation. And we're not there yet, and we may never be, but we're certainly better than we were. We're better than we were in 1620 when the first African slaves were delivered here. We're better than it was in 1720 when we were under British rule and had taxation without representation. We're better than we were in 1820 when people owned slaves and settlers were pouring into Indian land. We're better than it was in 1920 when the Ku Klux Klan had 30,000 protest uh, demonstrators marching down Pennsylvania Avenue of Washington, D.C., now, we're not there yet. We haven't finished this wrestling match. We're better than we were. We're not done yet. Let's and keep wrestling as individuals, as a parish, as a nation, because whatever's worth having is worth wrestling for. Well, back to Jacob. The stranger says, let me go. Jacob replies, not until you bless me. The guy asks, what's your name? And Jacob's heart sinks. As he thinks, no, not that question. Why, why couldn't you ask anything other than that? Do I have to admit that I am a dirty, sneaky thief? When we're wrestling with God, we shouldn't be surprised that we might have to face some uncomfortable and unpleasant and tough questions about our motivations or our attitudes or our actions or our beliefs or our prejudices or our presuppositions, or our mistakes, or our weaknesses. We as a parish family have been wrestling with God about finances for the past 12 years since 2008 when the economy tanked. And the tough question that we have been asked every year since then is, do you trust me? God has asked, do you trust me? Do you trust trust me enough that even though you don't have the cash in hand, Will you do what I ask you to do? Will you call an assistant rector and train her up until she's ready to go out to be a rector on her own? Do you trust me enough to take in a Haitian family and give them a job and a place to live? Even though you really can't afford that right now, it doesn't look like. We've been wrestling with this because even though we sometimes had somebody step up in December and break us even, Many years, we've been fifty to $80,000 behind for most of the year, sometimes all of the year. And God keeps asking, do you trust me? And then he asks each of us individually, do you trust me enough to serve me and to give what you have to make this happen? It's tough. It's tough. Well, Jacob faces his tough question. What's your name? And he answers, honestly. I'm Jacob, the dirty, sneaky thief." And the guy says, no, you're not. You are no longer Jacob, the dirty, sneaky thief. Now you are Israel, which means someone who wrestles with God and people and overcomes. You are no longer that dirty, sneaky thief. You're now the guy who fights people and God and wins, and God gives Jacob the best blessing he could possibly have, which is a new name, Israel, and a new character. No longer the dirty, sneaky thief, but now a winner. Now, it cost Jacob a night of fighting, but you know what? He won. And it cost Jacob a limp for the rest of his life, but for the rest of his life, Jacob, I mean Israel, tells that story and limps proudly. Now, as we have been wrestling as a parish family with our finances for these 12 years, we have answered that question, do you trust me, with a resounding yes, yes. And we have struggled, and we have followed, and we have served, and we have prayed, and we've been obedient, and we've done what we what we felt like God was asking us to do. And you know what? We've been limping along financially, but we've been limping proudly, and we certainly can limp proudly now because God is blessing us this year for the first time in 12 years, we're ahead financially in August. Woohoo! And as a nation, as a nation, we're not done wrestling with the question of equality and justice for all. And we're going to hang on, continue to wrestle. And when God blesses us in that area as a nation, we may limp, but as a nation, we can limp proudly. Have you ever wrestled with God? Or are you wrestling with Him now about a question or an issue or an attitude or a need or a decision? Are you wrestling with God? If so, let's learn from Jacob wrestle and how to win. Let's clear the area of our life and get some time apart from people and distractions to listen to God and to talk to God and to respond to Him in faith and hope and love. And as we wrestle, let's hang on. Let's not give up. Let's not let go. Let's hang on to God no matter how long it takes or how hard it it is or how badly it hurts. Let's hang on. Let's don't quit. And hang on to God. And when God asks us tough questions, let's answer Him honestly and courageously so that we can accept the blessing that He has for us. And when He blesses us, let's limp proudly.